for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host, and the human leader of the Android Underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, September 17th, 2013. This is episode 99 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday evening, right here, attackoftheandroids.com slash live. That's AOTV, where you can watch myself, Matt Lee, and Eric Finkenbeiner on Skype. What's up, Eric? And me, thank you for inviting me to episode 99. And Woo! also, Nick Carroll. Not on Skype, but on Hangouts. Welcome, I Nick Carroll. I love episode 99. Gonna host this show like autistic host. Nick Nicholas Carroll, also on... <laughs> no, this is good. Attack of the Androids. Also 90, autistic. 99. Yes. Very fantastic. Uh, so, what should we start out with? We should say, just because this kind of all of us kind of inadvertently have this gentleman to to thank for being here and for doing these shows and for hooking up with a new domain.net uh you guys know back a couple of years ago what was it like two three years ago now um gina smith was bringing back bite.com with a, a group of people and all of us kind of got brought on to to do that uh the founder of bite uh passed away was it today or yesterday he was 91 years old his name was wayne green you're not familiar with it um yeah it, on a new domain.net they have a link to the original 1975 uh, editorial uh that he wrote and uh, some cool cover art of course we always love the the bite cover art um so yeah just that that's kind of crazy another piece of technological history so uh, do you guys remember bite like i mean the actual like the original <clears throat> uh, run of bite i remember it after the fact, like I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 30, I'll be 33 in October. So I, I like just missed that. But I remember like going back through them as a kid and being like, whoa, it's a whole magazine of computer stuff. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, you Nick? Yeah. Yeah. I, never connoisseur really of the bite. It, but I was, I was aware of it. My, uh, my dad was a programmer and, uh, he had, he had, uh, picked up a few, uh, magazines, but I, I had never read it myself, but I know it, dates back a long time well i i will say personally that it's um you know i i i remember flipping through it i just like matt it was after the fact where you know i'm i'm go i I find a couple of magazines lying around and just like wow this is pretty awesome like this is exactly what i want to see and read and it was right up my alley um here's a picture of him without from the uh, ledger transcript has the an obituary but, uh, I know it was one of the first of its kind, and it outlasted a lot of other similar publications, but uh, even it died uh, for a while before it was brought back. Yeah, it and says uh, in, in the obit here, it says a ham radio enthusiast who created 73 magazine in the early 60s. Uh, he was one of the founders of Byte magazine, which eventually became the nation's largest computer publication. Uh, after leaving Byte, he went on to found a number of other computing magazines, including Kilobod which was later called Microcomputing, uh, 80 Micro Insider, spelled C-I-D-E-R, 
Hot Cocoa and Run uh, before selling his company to IDG in the early 80s and then moving on to create magazines about music and cold fusion technology. Interesting. So this guy was pretty much awesome is what, yeah, right? is what we're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> A cold fusion technology magazine. Yeah. Jesus. Ahead of its time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Wayne. I wouldn't be here doing this if uh, if it weren't for Byte, so. Yeah, well, and honestly, for me, like, I wouldn't have met any of you guys if it hadn't been for the whole, like, let's bring Byte back and write for that. I met you guys and the Yet Another Tech Show. Yeah, it's all those guys. Like, we're all from that original Byte group uh, that Gina uh, collected back back when we, we started that. So, yeah, pour out a little liquor uh, for, for Wayne Green. 91? 92? It's a good run. That is, right? He saw a lot of technology come and go, I would imagine. So, on a lighter note, Junior J.R. Raphael on Computer World, our buddy, uh, write an article called Welcome to the So What Era of Android Phones. And I feel like we've kind of been saying this now for the last few months watching the new phones, you know, get hyped, get announced, get leaked, get released, all that. And I don't know. It it, it does kind of feel that spec-wise, and we were talking about this a long time ago, that you're eventually going to get to a spot where Moore's Law kind of peters out. There's only so much you can do in the small form factor and threads and, and, and all that. So uh, yeah. do you guys agree with this? Are we in the so what era of uh, of Android? Or well, not Android, excuse me, of Android phones. We should specify that. You know, maybe so. You know, I haven't, like, tracked, like, processing power and how it's advanced on these, you know, mobile platforms like smartphones and tablets. But it seems like it's been – they've been getting faster and faster, even faster than Moore's Law would predict. But now we're at a point where the operating systems that are used and all the applications that are run, you know, it pretty much any of your – medium to high-end smartphones nowadays and just blow through that stuff. So yeah, we're kind of getting to a comfort point. Less and less legacy uh, devices, right? Less less obsolescence because, like you said, the older devices are specced out enough to where my Droid X still works great for BeyondPod because BeyondPod hasn't done anything. You know, there's there's nothing that it needs to 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 hardware wise take take advantage of to where you know this is obsolete it doesn't have yeah. lte and as a phone yeah definitely it's obsolete but you know as far as running i'd say 80 percent of the apps out there that phone can still run maybe not not concurrently or multitasking in any <laughs> in any definition but yeah you know yeah i think we kind of ran I, into that with pcs as well you know we had uh we, we had this kind of spec race you know, there and most applications would run just fine on really medium to low end computers in the last few years outside of like video production work, you know, right. that kind of those kind of videos, Photoshop, that kind of stuff. But pretty much everything else, you know. So the PC industry has kind of <clears throat> petered off, you know, so we may see something similar with the mobile industry. I would say first probably tablets and then maybe smartphones, but uh yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see the sixty four bit stuff and then it'll really start to peter out, right? <laughs> yeah. What what were you gonna say, Eric? Uh I'm I I sort of agree with this. I think there's still a little bit of room for, for growth though on the hardware side. Um the I, I said this uh I think it was, you know, some internal chatter uh for a new domain um right before the iPhone announcement. Uh where I said that, yeah, if they do the the whole thumbprint thing, 
if they do it right, that's that's awesome. That's pretty cool tech. That's like from a tech standpoint. Um, so I think there's still a little bit of growth in hardware to where it won't. It doesn't have to be like a so what. Um, but as far as phones go, we've yeah. I mean, we've tipped we've tipped the scales where it's the it's the software and the services that are defining you know whether or not you want to buy the phone you know the uh, junior here refers to the moto x uh, as far as the user experience and i mean i think that's true you know being able to to build the phone and have it tied to you and it you know right when you get it out of the box it says hey there matt lee nice to see you you look nice um that sort of stuff um and then as far as like then when we look at things like Google Glass and the smartwatches and stuff, that that's the new that's the new place where hardware is going to innovate and iterate really quickly. Um, where it where you know that's where you, you can we can sort of um, you know start fresh. When uh, do you with the phones? It's all software. Do you feel like the the hardware in the phones is capable enough to run a lot of these? Uh, external peripherals for you know the time being like you're not going to have to I get more so. ram to run the next generation of google glass or whatever a phone with two gigs of ram should be sufficient i i think it's i think it would be sufficient the the main hardware requirements there i, I think would be it would be dependent on how the how the peripheral communicates so you know like the what's the the fitbit flex um, that communicated over Bluetooth low energy, so you have to have Bluetooth low energy, you know, in your in your device. And um, if it communicates over Wi-Fi, then you probably need to make sure that the phones have like the dual Wi-Fi, so that way you can still be, you know, on the internet, and you can also be communicating with the devices. So I mean, there there may be some legacy phones that don't well, that's, work with and this that's, new stuff. That's but. more transmission stuff. I'm talking about actual yeah. power to run this stuff. Processor, no, RAM, you know, that that sort of thing. And other there's than, more than enough power. Other than battery. Like, battery's the only real real thing that I, I see that we have a, a still haven't cracked yet. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the stuff that Intel's doing, like with the with the Haswell chips and stuff, like, and maybe maybe the Maybe the battery savings isn't, you know, in the short term is not battery technology. It's the efficiency of the other pieces and parts. Right. All right. Uh, did you guys see the article on Cult of Android uh, that Motorola may be planning a new tablet, possibly like the Moto X, customizable uh, and all that? That would be interesting to see if they if they do come with that. I do think every one of these manufacturers could probably stand to to try to come out with a tablet, but I know most of the industry is, is still on smartphones. Like if you were just to list all the smartphones and tablets out there, I'm pretty sure 95 plus percent, you know, are smartphones, but I, I still think, you know, there, there's room for more than just like the Samsung tab and the Samsung note and like the oh, Nexus absolutely. Do you feel like with a tablet, there's more things they could customize? We could maybe get a choice of like how much RAM and, and that sort of thing because there's more more room to play with. Or do you think it'll just be stupid? Pick your color. What do you want engraved on the back of it? And that's that. Well, I would hope they attempt to build a really good tablet because too many of these manufacturers they focus so much, you know, on the smartphone. They make a really badass smartphone. Then they just kind of throw in a, a tablet, you know, with 
really bad specs, really bad screen. You know, just to so say that they have a, a foot. Just in that say race. they have one, and yeah. then they won't make any money because there's barely any profit, and therefore they keep perpetuating this kind of kind of thing. I'd like to see more than just an iPad make money, or maybe a Samsung Note make money. And I mean, what's in that? What's in that? That category right now. That's really. Besides the Nexus size, the next size, the seven and yeah. the ten. I mean, those are pretty much, in my opinion, the tablets to beat as far as uh, Android, decent Android tablets go. Yeah, ironically, I think those are sort of acting in a sense to destabilize the Android economy because, like, you know, there's a lot of tablets that could sell pretty decently that could be made pretty well, but they're undercut undercut so dramatically by these subsidized Nexus tablets. Right. So maybe that also you know, to some extent, it's like, hey, here's here's an idea of what can be made, make it, but we're going to sell it dirt cheap, so good luck making a profit on whatever you make. So it's kind of a kind of a balance there. I, I would challenge your assertion that the you know the ability to like the custom, the level of customization for the Moto X, like it, the way that you're talking about it, you make it seem like it's worthless. I I I agree. No, that I kind of want one. I don't. Level. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's definitely the phone out of what's out there available on Verizon. Like that's the phone that I kind of would get if I upgraded tomorrow. You know, I'm just well, saying. I feel that the there's whole... value in the color changing and stuff, though. Like that's cool. Yeah, see, I, yeah, it's I, cool for most people. It's just not like anything I care about. I would rather have more RAM in the phone or more something else that I could customize. That would make a difference on how the phone functions. Like, I don't care what it looks like, but I'm maybe in a small percentage of people that don't really care what their phone looks like. Well, there's an opportunity they they could uh, have to actually make a decent tablet because there's a lot of these Samsung tablets, which quite frankly suck. Some of the Asus uh, tablets aren't terribly good either. So if Motorola makes a good tablet, just a good tablet, and sells it at a decent price, you know, I would hope they do that. I just hope they don't throw out like a $200 tablet that, that doesn't compete with like the Nexus 7 or anything else really. I, I think that they can put out something good, whether or not they, I mean, it's, they have the ability to the Moto X, even though, you know, I still haven't seen things, you know, that, that indicates to me that people are falling all over themselves to get it. It seems like a very nice phone. The customization aspect is a, is a cool, you know, little, you know, value add. So if they can do that with a tablet and create this like family of like <laughs> Moto maker, yeah, available devices. I think that's a good strategy because it's it's not something anybody else is doing really. Right. And the CEO, they they were talking to Engadget. Uh, he says that it's something that we're working on, but there's nothing specific to talk about right now. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. And it's cool. I mean, a tablet made in the U.S. Right at the Fort Worth uh, facility there. So that, that that is cool. Yeah. It, I mean, it may sound it may sound silly, and especially to some of our you know, international listeners, they may not agree or, or get it, but I mean, there, there's having that made in America sticker, especially in America, is a big deal. It's rare so to I, have tech like this made here, right? Yeah. And it, I it, mean, it, it really is. It's not made here, but assembled here, right? The chips are and all that it, stuff. Everything but made here. <laughs> all the component, right. It's put together here. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, okay, so what's, what's the. Else. I'm sorry, John. What, what, Eric? What's the difference there? So when we say assembled in America, made in America, how much like how much of the like are we just saying that like do you, that they get like a circuit board that's already put together and then they pop it in the device or are they just are they just putting a 
you know, a cover like the cover and the button covers on top of the phone. Yeah. Like how much of the how much of it are they actually doing in America? All the parts are essentially made elsewhere. I'm not sure about like the actual physical chassis, but I know like all the circuit boards, you know, all those things are probably the all the other circuitry, all the other parts. Pretty sure those are made outside of the outside of America, but they're all shipped there. And uh, I want to say I think maybe some of the other models, like the black and white ones, may not be made here. But Eric, it's actually only sold here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know sold in America. I know Woo! I, it's a good start. I will say that it's a good start. Yeah. I mean, there's. I'm sure that we have the ability to fully make and assemble this sort of stuff in the United States. Um, you know, there are people that um, that make you know circuit boards and things. Um, but even even if it's just assembled, I'm I'm still I'm still for it. That's that's pretty cool that they can hire all those people. I agree. Did you guys see Yahoo hires the JBQ man from uh, Google? Remember we talked, what was it, a few weeks ago, right? That uh, Jean-Baptiste Kourou <laughs> took off. Was it, it was over the AOSP thing, if I remember right, or AOKP yeah. thing? I wasn't aware that he actually left. Oh, so maybe he just was like done with that project or something. I forget. It's, it's been a while. No, yeah, he left. He was pissed because... Um, you know, with recent Nexus launches, there's been a there have been a lot of problems with getting the Android open source project right. like images yeah. and things like that. That's what uh, it was. So when that happened again with the Nexus Seven, he he sent out a couple of tweets and uh, um, posted a few things Eric on again? Google Plus that seemed to indicate that he was fed up. And then he said, "I'm quitting." So um, this is really this is this is an interesting move. I think it's I think it's it's odd because I know that I know that Yahoo is doing a lot of stuff, and they have Marissa Meyer now, and they're trying to um, sort of reinvent themselves. I just don't know what he could do there that would be. Uh, it it it, see, it seems like a it seems like a very odd move to me. Well, I'll just do put you, it that way. when you say reinvent themselves, do you mean Googleify themselves or are they actually reinventing themselves? Because we talked about this on Yats, and if you compare Google and Yahoo now, see a lot of striking similarities uh, as far as and I, I get menu like there's only so many ways you can do menus and all that stuff, but this does seem very googly in how. The site's he presented. Has an interesting title. It's like uh, senior. What is it? Senior principal engineer. I, I'm not even sure what that does. <laughs> what he does actually. Yeah, because he was the lead for the Android open source project for nearly six years. Our article on GigaOM says, uh, and yeah, he is now what you just said. <laughs> uh, did it state any like specific projects that he'd be working on? I couldn't see in the in the article I read. Uh, does the Android Police article say any anything different? It said that it said working on mobile apps. He will be an architect um, and senior principal engineer working on Yahoo's oh, suite would, of mobile apps. That would make sense. That would make sense then. So maybe like Flickr. Maybe he's going to, <laughs> you know, I mean, I okay. I guess I could I could see that, um, especially if if the goal is to make Yahoo apps play very well with with android because i mean the guy knows android inside and out is it though actual android apps it just kind of sounds like mobile apps in general 
Maybe we'll, well, maybe it could we'll be in general, like but if, I mean, it, what, Nick? Maybe we'll make a launcher like Facebook Home. We'll be like Yahoo Home. Yahoo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, that'd be great. What would I it hope do? Working on what that. would it do? It would just, you would click it and it would get all confused and then it would force close. Huh. No, it would just index everything on your phone. But it would look really good doing it. Instead of chat heads, you'd get yahoo heads, I guess. Yeah. Yahoods. I don't know. Though, so, well, it's. It'll be interesting. It, it's to kind see of what a non story, but I mean, this guy's a big, you know, he was a big. You know, um, contributor to the at least to the Android community. So yeah, it will be fun to see what he can do. And just to, to, I don't use any Yahoo properties anymore. So I I don't either. But just just to clear it up, it says uh, he he left over a dispute over missing open source drivers uh, a few weeks ago. That's what we talked about. Those the drivers for the the AOSP. So yeah, good luck at Yahoo, man. Was it actually drivers, though? That's what the article think, said, so who knows? I think it may be inaccurate. It's, it's the... That might be inaccurate. the factory images. Right. Ryan Whitman. Whitwin. Who Whit, knows? What is this guy's name? Whitwam. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving out. on. Russia. The Yoda phone. Finally launching in November. Uh, article on Fandroid.com. The Yoda phone. Do you remember the Yoda phone announced uh, last year, 2012? Uh, it had two displays. One was a standard LCD. The other was e-ink, kind of like the Kin, I think. Wasn't the Kin sort of like that? Microsoft's... Uh, the Kin have that? I thought it had two displays. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking something else. But uh, The concept sounded a bit far-fetched at first, but when uh, Fandroid here, they said, we went hands-on with the device at Mobile World Congress, uh, we were more than impressed. In fact, it was one of our favorite things at the show. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it will uh, make its public debut later this year. The Yoda phone will see its official launch in November, uh, according to a report out of Russia, but the handset still faces an uphill battle, they say. Yoda has had their work cut out convincing Russian mobile providers to carry the locally produced smartphone in the face of competition from foreign brands uh, like Samsung and Apple, stuff like that. Uh, nevertheless, the device is up for pre-order on Yoda's site, though the company doesn't have a ship date yet so we my think? wife was wanting one of these dual screen smartphone e-ink lcd i would well, imagine i think that's the the main selling point is you know people yeah they have kindles they have phones it would be nice if you could get that e-ink you know being able to read while you know without sucking down all the battery do you think so. though it'll be limited like you couldn't just run the whole device in e-ink mode to save your battery, right? You can only run certain uh, apps that are designed to take advantage of the e-ink display, sure. like readers and all that. You, it would be cool you if you could use the whole device in e-ink mode, like just Android e-ink. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah, I can't recall if they can do that. I know they can turn the, uh, the actual interface, the, uh, the main screen off, but I can't remember if they can actually touch, like, the back and uh, do anything that, that way. Right. Eric, dual screen Well, it depends phone. if the... Uh, I, I don't recall, or even if anybody said it, um, it would depend if the e-ink that they're using is touch-enabled. Because you, you have that on the new Kindles, on the Nooks, to where it's, it's, touch, it's touchscreen, but it's also e-ink. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Nexus 4, all gone from the Play Store. It's not there anymore. 
replaced by the new Nexus 7, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, they do <laughs> list the other two uh, Google Play phones, uh, right. Google Play Edition phones, down there. But yeah, no Nexus. I mean, there's not even a link there. So, well, yeah. yeah, for me, the link was still there, and this this will vary, I'm sure, but... When you click on it now, instead of like the before the eight gig was out out of uh, inventory, now both of them say out of inventory. Uh, it says please check back soon, though, saying that maybe uh, they will. But it also says that on the eight gig version, and we know they're not restocking that, so who knows? Yeah. But yeah, finally that didn't take long. What like a week? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the Nexus Eight sold. Uh, the Nexus Eight, the Nexus uh, Four, eight gigs sold out in a week, and then another week it took the uh, sixteen gigs to sell out. So right, replaced by we have a article on Android Authority showing possible Nexus Five, some FCC filings here. Uh, yeah, since the last episode, we've seen a lot of uh, new uh, new things leak about the about the five, like some new FCC filings. They they had. Uh, and they all say it's LG, yeah? Yeah. So we were wrong yeah. about the Sony, <laughs> as we, we talked about uh, last episode. You guys made convincing arguments, though. You, it looked you, you like it, man. Me, yeah. And I put up that side-by-side. If you look at the show notes, we're starting to add pictures on attackoftheanders.com uh, to the show notes. And, yeah, I had a picture of them. And it, it's that phone. It's, it's at least it, – it's not that phone, but it is that camera. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, that we were going look. over it like there's a uh, pruder films yeah yeah, yeah much, totally so. <laughs> uh so yeah eric's having some connection problems so we'll uh we'll try and get him back here shortly yeah basically after the show they uh they leaked well not really leaked more like uh there was like some fcc updates uh for the uh i think the cdma version of the uh, G, uh lg g2 but they'd accidentally put in uh photos well accidentally put in photos of it looks like the Nexus 5 in there, and that's that's what we'd seen in the meantime. And then after that, um, there was, I think it was yesterday, or maybe earlier today, no, it was probably last night, I think there was uh, uh, someone, an, a Google employee, apparently charging his uh, smartphone in a bar, and uh, one of the bartenders there apparently quickly uh, recorded some uh, footage of it real quick and uh, posted it online, so you could actually see the boot-up animation and the uh, new wallpaper as you try to log in, you know, there's the uh, password screen. So that's kind of interesting. I always so find that really amusing that like these bartenders, I don't know, maybe it's just cause where I live in Montana. Like I couldn't imagine any bartender here being like, Ooh, is that the, the legendary, yeah. you know, like, is that yeah. the, the phone that all of the nerds online have been talking about that isn't out yet? I should take a yeah. picture of it. Like that would never happen in any real world situation where, a uh, Googler walks into a bar and like drops his his not released to the public phone out and yeah I I don't know those things always seem so like written they're so uh, so here's the trick reality though. TV oh welcome back Eric yeah thank you I think we need to open a bar we need to open one that's near the Google <laughs> campus and one that's near the Apple campus and then <laughs> offer some sort of discount on beer. Or something like that, free, or a happy free hour. Free cell phone charging. And yeah. free, free Wi-Fi, free cell phone charging, free Wi-Fi, for sure. That has to be what this is. Just there's set some guys like, I can make money just your, selling these pictures to Gizmodo. You just set your new device in our handcrafted power cable cradle here. So 
Yeah. It just sure sucks all the information. Act as a man in the middle. Yeah, you exactly. All your data. You plug it into our charger, and it just sucks all the information. It images the phone basically, and is like, "Here you go." Now you now have a Yoda phone. Are you? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it says the images were uh, spotted by people over at Phone Scoop in a set of documents that LG supplied to the FCC for so-called Class Two permissive change. Uh, in the filing, like you said, uh, the manufacturer asked for permission to change the position of the antenna and other hardware inside a Verizon LG G2 variant. But, like like you said, it's not the G2. It's clearly not a G2. So, who knows? Early, Obviously. Early days in the leaks, but always fun to, to check out. And they say also, as a reminder, at the end of the article here, they say a device codenamed LG D820 was spotted last week in FCC's database that the tech world has been speculating is the next Nexus. Uh, it features a 5-inch display, Snapdragon 800 processor, and stock Android. Uh, so, yeah. Who knows? All right, uh, what else? Google has your Wi-Fi password? Duh. Is this news? Like, how do you think your phone syncs to your Wi-Fi without having to put your password in when you flash it and you give it if if you had an Android device that was on your Wi-Fi and those settings are saved, when you log into your new Android device, it will automatically... No, is this what this is talking about? Yeah. Uh, and me- remember when you turned the phone on and it said, do you want us to back up your settings? And then I believe in... Kick the the router again, Eric. What what was he going to say, Nick? He was basically going to say, yeah, you, you're basically authorizing, you're basically... Telling your phone, yes, I like the back or your tablet, whatever device. Yeah, back all the up, all these settings, and when you hit your new Android, Android device, it asks you, would you like to restore? And you hit yes, and it restores. That's what I did when I got this Nexus Four. I backed everything. Yeah. And this up has been in Android since uh, two point three point four. Yeah, and Apple does something very very similar. So I, I don't know this well, kind of a. Where they say here, where things get a little fishy, uh, off this article's from AndroidHeadlines.com, uh, is that Google backs up this data and then is not clear about how it is stored on their servers. Sure, the information is sent and received encrypted. Uh, this means that it is highly unlikely anyone will intercept the data and be able to see it. But once it hits Google servers, the information is available for anyone at Google and any government agency that requests it. I've seen several posts. See, so this kind of goes back to the whole NSA prism thing, is that anything that's stored on any of these major companies is considered not safe or secure because at any time the NSA can go and compel the the master keys to the encrypted data or whatever, any, any yeah. information, even if it's not encrypted, if it's sitting on their servers, they can compel them uh, to, to hand it over. Yeah, this is the world we live in, and you know all the companies that make money selling devices or services, they're bound by the law just like everyone else is, however good or bad that law may be, or even really when the NSA you know, does things accidentally, mm-hmm. maybe illegally because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Oops. Whatever. But yeah, it's how did that crazy. get? How did that database get over there? Get get back yeah. over here. China. I'd just like to clarify that. At least in my job, I have the complete understanding that even if I screw something up accidentally, that doesn't mean that I'm staying out of jail. So yeah. the whole, like, we just don't know what we're doing. Well, maybe you shouldn't have taken the job, idiot. Yeah. It, 
You mean you have Whenever. to take responsibility at your job? Uh, that's what they tell me. Yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, the article says, don't get me wrong, Google needs to change the way it stores not just Wi-Fi passwords, but all of our information. Sensitive backups like passwords and passcodes absolutely need to be encrypted, not just in transit, but while that info is resting on Google servers. Uh, Micah Lee from the EFF and Freedom of the Press has started uh, has started been pushing for what has started been pushing for this okay uh, on Google's product forum since July 17th. I think there are bigger issues than Google keeping backups of your Wi-Fi passwords. We all know that Google stores more information about us than we probably are aware of. If you don't like Google having this information, find your backup settings and opt out. Then change your Wi-Fi password and don't use the service anymore. <laughs> yeah. If you're worried about, like, the NSA or Google, like, just don't use the internet, duh. Or don't use Google. Make well, your own cloud. That's right. And, I mean, you want to get really paranoid. If you use a third-party keyboard, they know all your passwords. If you're using that keyboard to type in stuff, do you think they store that stuff? If it offers a sync capability, then hell yeah, it does. So, yeah. there you go. How paranoid, how tight do you need your tinfoil hat to be? As well, Steve the, Gibson said. What I'm confused about is that they're saying that, you know, the, the data is encrypted when it gets sent here, but that they have no idea, you know, how it's stored on Google servers. Right. But then they immediately allege that anybody, like, that anybody at Google can get to it. Because it's just, so, if it's at Google, anyone at Google can get to it, right? No, not but that's what they're saying. Is it, it's at Google, ergo, anyone at Google can access it. Right. I don't know. I, I don't buy it. I get the I get that people may just be realizing, and especially with all the other stuff that's happening in the news, maybe it's, you know, maybe, maybe now this, that little Eric, light bulb's going on. What we're seeing but, is the slow awakening of the ignorant giant that is the mass... The masses at large. This is like a very super slow mo awakening of all, of, and then you know, they're like, "Wait a sec! They they have what? No, that's not good." Yeah. They have started been awakening. Yes, all your awakenings. They're well, all awakening. Yeah, I I mean the the best part of this article is is the end where it says if you don't if you don't want people to do this, don't use un, don't. Don't use it and then change your password. And like, really, so. who, this is the least, this is the last thing I would really be worried about. Like, what are you going to do? Drive and, and come to my house and like use my internet? <laughs> the, it's, and I get, no, they can set up men in the middle attacks and, and sniff all your stuff. Like, again, are you going to drive to my house and sit in front of my apartment and do this? Like, I don't, what are you so worried about? It, it's. I get we need to be worried about some of this stuff, but to a point, you know? You know, if you're really worried you about that... Worry in word. moderation. You need to just worry in moderation, just like everything else in life. Well, I mean, if you're really worried about that sort of thing, I mean, you own your own router or you lease it from Comcast or whatever, you know, you can always, as the administrator of, of the router, you know, like lock, lock things down, don't let new MAC addresses on, you know, get it to where only authorized devices can get on your network, stuff like that. That's if you're that paranoid about it and still want to, you know, I don't know. This is just If you're that paranoid about it, stuff. why don't you just turn the router off? Yeah. Okay. Go outside. Go outside. Watch, watch the pretty black helicopters fly around your house. <laughs> oh, well. 
Uh, let's see, what else? Verizon can activate Nexus 7 LTE on its network. What is this? Is yeah, this... I'd only seen uh, briefly Jeff Jarvis basically talk about, hey, I just got the Nexus 7 L- you know, LTE. I want to put it on Verizon. Nope. They couldn't. Yeah. And uh, and he was he wrote like this huge like article kind of detailing everything he did and what Verizon's doing illegally or whatever. And uh, there's been some stuff that's come out since then, but the gist of it seems to be that they're kind of saying, oh, it's not certified for a network, therefore we're not going to allow it on or I don't know. It's well, does that make sense? Because Verizon is CDMA. Isn't their LTE also like a weird – it's not like I can't take an LTE AT&T – well, it's not even the same thing. It's not LTE, is it? It's like HSPA Plus or something. Well, that's for AT for AT&T's network. On Verizon's network, their LTE bands is the only thing that the Nexus Seven will support, if if I remember correctly. So, but it should it has the physical capability of doing that. But I don't I don't know what the hangup would be in, in with Verizon actually letting them. But that's on what the I'm network. saying. Will because he didn't buy the Nexus Seven LTE at a Verizon store from Verizon, right? He bought it unlocked from, from the Google Store. Yes. So then, does it even support Verizon's version of LTE in the spectrum? Okay, that's why I was asking, because yeah. it's weird. Like, Verizon has weird, you know, I can't, I'm very stuck when it comes to them as far as what I can and can't. But that's why all of my devices that have a signal from the carrier, I get there. I'm not getting yeah. things from somewhere else and then trying to get them to hook it up because yeah, I the know LTE it's Nexus such a 7 only, or yeah, that only has the LTE bands on Verizon, whereas on like AT&T and T-Mobile, it not only has their LTE bands, it has their 4G and 3G bands. Because it's using the same infrastructure. Verizon's 4G LTE is different from their 3G CDMA. Yes. Right. Correct. So what's his beef? He's he's mad that his Jarvis was, is he, mad that he bought this unlocked uh, Nexus Seven and LTE Verizon and won't to put it on the Verizon network, and they basically said, "No, we're not going to allow you because they're not selling network. it, right?" Yeah, and so it's Verizon's network as a company. They they it's dicks. I fully agree. Like that's dicks to do, yeah. especially if the tablet supports it. Like why not? You're be the well, dumb pipe that you should be. Well, the thing is, the whole they bought these LTE bands that basically they're forced by law to allow unlocked devices on them. And there's, so that's what Jeff was getting into. Really? Uh, he gets into it better than I, than I could explain, but basically they, they cannot, the, it's like an agreement that Google was uh, like bar, bargaining against Verizon to get these bands. And uh, basically Verizon. It was the won, spectrum yeah, it's a, yeah part of the spectrum uh, war that was, they had. Basically. Yeah, so remember, like Google put in a bunch of money, and like if it went above a certain amount, that meant that these extra rules go into place. And those yes. rules, one of those rules, was around allowing unlocked devices, like on you know, onto the network. Um, so because it got pushed above that level during the spectrum auction a couple years ago, yeah. that's why they're saying that. That's why Jeff Jarvis is pissed and saying that this isn't right and that it's potentially against the law, etc. Well, and let's let's read this. He says, after weeks of waiting, I finally got my Google Nexus 7 LTE. Uh, groundbreaking tablet. Works on AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. I go to a store in Bridgewater, Jersey to add it to my plan. After getting past the clerk with attitude and an irritating smirk who butts in on my clerk 
and insists that the device does not work on Verizon. After showing him articles and tweets saying it does, I get a nice guy and a manager who try to enter my tablet's IMEI into the system. No go. Apparently, no one in your vast corporation has thought ahead and added the product, even though it was announced weeks ago, uh, the weeks when I've been waiting for it. How mad would you be, Eric, if you got one, finally, and went to Verizon and they were like, nope? I, I would be... I'd be really, really pissed. So, I can see where he's coming from. I don't. Oh, for sure. Know, this is this I'm, is just right. Like you said, Verizon just being dicks. I'm not looking forward to getting, even though I have an upgrade. Like I'm not looking forward to going in there and dealing with all the BS that I'm gonna have to deal with to keep my unlimited plan. <laughs> because you know, yeah. there's gonna be some BS. I should film it. Uh, he says after uh, they call their special number, uh, in the. Uh, after explaining, explaining Verizon person on the phone can't help the Verizon person in the store help the Verizon customer in the store give you money. Uh, I had a similar problem. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so that's the problem, I guess. That's funny. Nice job, Verizon. Yeah, I, you know, we, I was speculating last week, like, what could have been the, the cause of the, like, incoming weeks turning into, like, in a month and a half? Um, until we actually got the device. And it's probably this. It's probably this sort of crap. And, you know, per, I mean, it could just be that because we were pushing up against, in the U.S., we were pushing up against the international launch. It could just be that Google said, you know what, screw it. <laughs> we'll release it and let Verizon take the heat. But that's totally false advertising, at the least. it's Their logo is on every single piece of... Uh, advertisement that this was being advertised on, you know, get the new Nexus Seven on all these carriers: T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon. Like it's yeah, it's there they. So I mean, whose fault is that? Verizon's for not realizing. Oh, hey guys, by the way, did you know our name was on all of these stickers? That you know, like who who missed that? Who dropped the ball? And there? that that does not happen without discussion. For so, sure, right? I'm guessing it's, it's like the advertising yeah. people and the lawyers probably got involved and were like, okay, yeah, you know, Nexus 7, that's great. Sounds and then good. On the Let's technical do it. Piece, on the technical side, they, they, didn't, they didn't do everything that they needed to do. So that, that has to be. I can't imagine that Google would be so stupid as to plaster Verizon, Verizon, Verizon all over this thing without having <laughs> the right conversations. Um, yeah. And part of it, though, could be the you know the letter of this of this law or this regulation that we're talking about um maybe there were some assumptions there um you know on google's side and i, and I don't know. i don't think we're going to know until Verizon. um are you done or did you drop out okay you know what's so amazing too is the twitter response jeff jarvis says knock knock verizon support is anybody there I'm trying to give you money. You're making it hard. No, impossible. Verizon support replies at Jeff Jarvis. I'm excited you got your Nexus 7, but not all LTE tablets are created equal. It's not part of our lineup and can't be activated. What is that? Not all of them are created equal, except that, yeah, Verizon, this one is because, hey, it has your antennas in it. So... Like, how yeah, is not, that not created equal? Yeah, not part of the lineup basically means they don't have a Verizon sticker on it. 
Oh, you mean the sticker that means your device is never going to get updated and is going to... Because guess what? My my Galaxy Nexus has a Verizon sticker on it right there on the back. Yeah, and that's it the is... trade-off. In order to get the sticker, you lose your upgrade. I didn't want the sticker. I didn't want the sticker. I wanted the one that said Google on the back of it. So it got updates. I had to update this one my damn self. Yeah. Verizon's like that schoolyard bully that just needs a good solid kick to the nuts to like really show them that they're human and that they can be hurt, you know? They have like this god complex going on because somehow they were first in all of these little markets that are like resort town, like where I live, you know, they were first and they're like the only only carrier and they're, they feel they're invincible and they can treat their customers however they want. And it's going to take a bully like, you know, like Jeff Jarvis to come along with his twit army and all that to be like, <laughs> and that's good. I'm glad it happened to him because if it happened to any of us, like, what would we do? You know, we'd write a tweet about it and it wouldn't get picked up on the verge like this did. It wouldn't get picked up on every other droid life and all, all the other popular Android outlets. But it's Jeff Jarvis. You know, he's got a little pull and, and it's wrong what they're doing. It's absolutely wrong. Dicks to you, Verizon. That's what I'm going to name this episode. Dicks to you, Verizon. So there. I'm guessing my internet connection's going over Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think, the way it was cutting in and out. I hope they I sue him. Family. I hope they end up suing Verizon for breach of this I'm just FCC trying to use thing. this LTE Nexus 7. It keeps cutting out. Yeah, weird. But yeah, I hope, I hope a lawsuit happens over the, the whole FCC and Verizon saying you... You have to let unlocked devices use your your band or whatever. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, the Obama administration petitions FCC to require carriers to unlock phones. Yeah, this came out later this afternoon. I'm not totally up to speed on it, but basically, you know, I mean, I totally agree with it. You know, if you're lucky enough to be on AT&T, for example, and your phone's in a good standing or your account's in good standing, you know, your phone's paid for or whatever. They'll unlock you can get it. it unlocked, but otherwise, um, it's really hard to get get it unlocked. And so. again, this isn't bootloader. This is uh, carrier, carrier sim card, yeah. sim card, so that you can move carriers and and all that. Again, yeah, if I you're mean, on Verizon, there. this really doesn't matter. Yeah. Is Obama's not for a re-election? Why is he trying to do no. something good? I don't. I don't understand. Well, he gets to ruffle all Gee. the feathers that he wants to because there's no risk of losing yeah, the, the next I'm, election. So I, know. I, was just, I was just baiting Eric. <laughs> good call, Matt. What what would he need good press for? What is I mean, what has he really done that's pissed people off lately? Yeah, so, I don't know. You're right. How's Syria? Yep. The only way pre- <laughs> uh, presidents get good press is if they go to war. So Well, there you go. Are you going and to is Syria there, next Is it really era? like you automatically dismiss saying that, yeah, you know, the, it doesn't matter on Verizon then? Is that really the case? Yeah, where am I going to take this phone? Where if I got take your phone to Sprint and have them load? No, it's not the same. Anything Verizon is their own. Their own. They're the only ones that I know of. Based. It's it's frustrating. It's so CDMA is software based. So that no, it's the antennas in it, dude. What? It's the antennas in it. This isn't going to work. It's a CDMA antenna. CDMA is a standard. And the, what makes it special is the, uh, the are the the radio files that get loaded onto. So it. I can flash different radios and go use this on a GSM network. 
No, I'm saying Sprint. You could move it to another CDMA network. Oh yeah, Sprint doesn't the Sprint exist or to the other one. I know you don't have anything. I get out what there you're saying. Though. I get it. I didn't know that. I thought they were their own thing. I didn't know another carrier used CDMA. Thank you, Eric, <laughs> for giving me the worldly. Well, view. now you know, and I that know. is the value that Attack of the Androids brings people. That's right, knowing because so knowing's half the battle. GI Joe, GI Joe, go Joe! <laughs> All right, at picks. Are we done with this? Was that it? Who cares? Yeah, All I right. think we're done. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah, I, you know, it, this is, yeah, forget it. Don't, just buy an unlocked phone, people. Buy an unlocked phone and don't vote. <laughs> just kidding. All right, uh, Eric, app pick while your internet is still on. Okay, my app pick this week is called Contra Evolution, and it's 99 cents. It is sort of, I mean, I've, I played through a few levels. It's, uh, from what I remember, it was, all right and that was eric's app. it seems Fantastic. like a, a pretty good remake of the old contra game are you kidding me no oh, you're good go keep going yet? no yep. we're good go keep go, going. Okay. go 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 so, 99 cents contra. It's 99 cents as far as i can tell it's it's like a remake of the original contra game at least the, what i remember from when i was a kid and it's you know the controls are and he's gone. They're a little wonky. You have a couple of options one of them being where the where the d-pad moves with your finger and where it's fixed I like that. Just buy the game. Just buy the game. Buy I the don't game. like that it's auto fire. Sense. Get it, you cheap Android bastards. <laughs> That's right. Why is the auto fire on all the time? That's what bugs me about the game, but whatever. That, I yeah. thought that that's what it was like in the original game, too. No, not no. unless you had a NES no? advantage. You press like the A or the B. I'm pretty sure you had to, to tap. Fire. Well, it'd be, it'd be annoying anyway, just like holding down your finger yeah okay i think it makes sense i would like to play with a controller i have not tested it with a playstation controller or anything but that might make it a little better for i mean for 99 cents i i played through a little bit and i enjoyed myself so very it's an app pick contra evolution all right nick app pick okay uh so basically uh i found out about this game uh last week uh uh, you're not gonna be able to see it on screen but it's called repulse and it's by a company called pixel bite it's a two dollar ninety nine cent uh, app, but but it's one of these hoverboard racing type uh, games that's out there. But uh, it's uh, I don't know. I've been playing it off and on for the last week, and I really enjoy it. But uh, Repulse, uh, you can get it on the Play Store. There are like uh, three major levels, and then within each level there are a set of tracks. There's also multiple hovercraft that you can uh, uh, unlock over time. And then it's also a freemium game, so you can also purchase additional power-ups or items or whatever for, for these devices as well. But uh, um, it plays a little differently, like on a Nexus 4 compared to my Nexus 7. The Nexus 4, um, it, played, it played pretty good, but on my Nexus 7, I had to turn down the uh, tilt controls. All, like, you know how, what is it, the gyro It was too sensitive, the like, accelerometer and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the accelerometer, basically was very sensitive on my Nexus 7, so I have to kind of play with it a little bit. But it looks really good despite being a real, uh, and despite being a relatively new game, it plays really good on my uh, Nexus 7. But uh, let's see, uh, there's even a tutorial in there that helps you uh, get started, and even the music and the sound effects sound pretty good. So nice. there's a little bit of a learning curve when you start up, but after probably about 10, 20 minutes, uh, it's smooth sailing from there. So it's called Repulse, a pixel byte, and it's three bucks. Good deal. All right, uh, let's see. I got an app pick. I want to show you this because it's kind of cool. It reminds me of Gauntlet. If you guys remember Gauntlet back in the day. This is called Alien Breed. 
It's it also reminds me of a game. Uh, I think it was called Alien Syndrome. I have it on my Mame emulator. But it's like that top down, and you're running through these rocket ships trying to kill all the aliens, and you get different power ups uh, for for different weapons, and you get keys. It reminds me of Gauntlet in that you're getting keys, and the enemy like this screenshot here. If you're watching uh, the video rerun, like that's classic Gauntlet. You know, you have all the beasties coming at you, and you're blasting them, and and all that. Um, but yeah, it's called Alien Breed. I've been playing it with the graphics cranked all the way up on the Nexus 10, and it is pretty awesome. Uh, 99 cent app specials, so hopefully by the time you hear this, they're still 99 cents. Uh, Contra Evolution was another one I got, uh, like Eric mentioned, and this one. And then uh, there were a couple more, I think, but I will save those for future app picks. So, uh, yeah, blast some aliens with Alien Breed. Uh very enjoyable. Oh, and I also got <laughs> uh, Riptide 2, and that is it is awesome. Oh, I like it. I love that game, yeah. I like it a lot better than the first one. We'll have to play some network mode. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric, if your internet's still up, what's our email address? Matt, I hope my internet's up. Uh, so our email address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. Excellent. Make sure to hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. Subscribe in iTunes, follow us on Twitter, and like the Facebook page. Links to all that stuff and show notes and pictures and the Google Plus Hangout rerun are on attackoftheandroids.com. You can also leave us a message at 406-204-4687. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to check out Yats, yet another tech show.com on Wednesday evenings, and Ant Pruitt's Point and Shoot on Thursday. It's a Google Plus community for smartphone photographers. They do a Hangout once a week. Check that out. Uh, definitely check out a new domain.net Dell's tech page one.com. That's where we write. If you like to read and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the show and we'll see you guys next week. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attackoftheandroids.com